Hey everyone, and welcome to the Uncorked Corner podcast, where we cover the full spread of food and beverage industry topics. My name is Bianca, PR and marketing professional by day and food and wine connoisseur by night. My name is Nick, an accountant with a passion for barbecue, beer, and whiskey. Today, we welcome Michael Oxton and Rory Burns from Night Shift in Everett, Massachusetts. Not only is Night Shift in the beer space, they are also one of my favorite local coffee roasters. Michael and Rory take us through their experience growing the business, reveal a few of their favorite partnerships to date, and share some exciting news for the future. Don't forget, if you like the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. And with that said, let's get into the podcast. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the podcast. Let's kick it off by start by having you introduce yourself, give us a bit more information about your personal background and how you ended up getting into the brewing and coffee roasting game. Sure. Yeah. So uh, my name is Michael Oxton. I'm one of the co-founders of Night Shift Brewing. Uh, We started in 2012, a tiny little brewery in Everett. Uh, Before that, we were just home brewers. Uh, It's myself and two other founders. And yeah, we homebrewed for like five years uh, before 2012. And then we finally were like, let's take our homebrewing hobby and make it uh, a a reality and a business. And so that's where we get the name Night Shift. Uh, It used to literally be a night shift hobby. And uh, our day shift was just day jobs, desk jobs. And uh, we would brew at night. So we took Night Shift Brewing, which was the name of the hobby and made it our business. Uh, so since 2012, we've just really tried to grow the business a lot uh, and expand uh, the diversity of what we do. So uh, we started a distribution company in 2016, and most recently, 2019, we started a coffee company. Um, so we do a lot of different things in the beverage world, uh, craft beer being the first, but certainly not the last. And now we're, we're diving deep into coffee. It's its own little you know, fledgling within our business. And yeah, we're, we're pumped to talk about it today. And I saw also that you guys have recently released your first ciders, right? Yeah, we do cider too. We're getting into wine. Um, wow. Very cool. We, I mean, the thing is, especially if you own a distribution company, you see uh, the advantages of like, like adding to your portfolio. Um, it, it just allows you to have more variety. I mean, if we're going to make a drop at Whole Foods, why wouldn't we want to drop some beer, some cider, some coffee? Um, it, it, you might as well just bring the whole package. Uh, we also distribute other brands, but you know, making our own brands within the, the owl portfolio, uh, makes a lot of sense. When are you going to get that uh, cider up to Maine? I know my girlfriend's a huge cider fan and not as much into beer. So I need to yeah. get her some of that. <laughs> they can order it whenever they want. Uh, I think Maine especially is, um, that market is very, very local centric. They're like, a lot of people just only buy Maine. So introducing products into Maine is actually harder for us than uh, it has been in other states. But I mean, we're, we're making our headway up there. Next time I'm at a Nick. store, I'll tell them to start placing <laughs> yeah. orders. Whenever I visit Nick or Nick comes home, I go to Night Shift and get him a box just so that it's all ready for him. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, so, so when did you originally start home brewing? Was that something that you were always interested in or did you just kind of pick it up one day and say, this is something you know we want to give a try? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, our other co-founder, Rob, who, uh, whose wife, Rory, now runs like our, our coffee program, um, 
so he was actually the first person to really play around with homebrewing. Uh, he and I went to college uh, at Bowdoin up in Maine, and he brewed a batch of like Mr. Beer, uh, like a little Mr. Beer kit our senior year. And um, it, it came out fine. Like we, you know, it's not like the most crazy elegant beer in the world, but we were just like, this is cool. Like it, it tastes like good enough for us to drink. Um, and it was so fun to do. And so um, after that, Rob and I uh, moved into an apartment in Somerville, Mass. Uh, after we graduated. So 2007 is when we really started home brewing uh, in our own little apartment. And we got our little five gallon bucket and we were just making small batches and having fun. Uh, it was nothing that serious. And then we just got like, I don't know, we kind of just got the bug and we went from a five gallon bucket or a five gallon kettle to a 15 gallon kettle and just kept upgrading our equipment. And Soon our whole apartment was just filled with fermenters, these little buckets all over the floor. Our landlord would come by and just be like, this is insane. Like, I, this is not part of the agreement, guys. You're <laughs> going to ruin this place. Um, and, you know, we, we cleaned it all up and it was fine. But she definitely thought we were nuts. So getting back into the coffee, how did you guys make that leap to think, you know, I, it made sense. I saw you guys came up with the seltzer, you do the beer and you do some different beverages. Coffee's in a ballpark of its own there. How did you get into yeah. that? Yeah. Um, well, it's funny. I mean, if you, if you really think about it, like you're brewing either way, right? It's like brewing something for night or brewing something for the morning. Um, so I feel like we're brewers at heart no matter what we're doing. Uh, and so the, the craft of coffee has always been interesting to us. And I, I think it honestly started back when um, – this is back when I was actually involved more in brewing. I'm less involved now, but um, you know, 2014, even maybe 2013, uh, we have this little area in our, our Everett brewery where everyone kind of kicks off the brew day, right? And and you you kick it off by like looking at your recipe for the day and making a cup of coffee and like having some donuts together and just like hanging out. And then everyone kind of goes and does their respective thing. So we'd all hang out there. And we all make coffee because like, you know, it's six in the morning, you, you know, you got to kick off your day with some caffeine. And it went from, you know, just making like something very, very basic to like, all right, I traveled and I got these beans and I'm pumped about these. I'm going to make you a you know pour over. And then someone else would be like, I traveled and got these beans and my ratio is actually different. And like, I think, you know, and we, we'd compete over which ratios, which temperatures, all this stuff. And it just got like really geeky really quickly. And you know, we went from being like casual consumers of coffee to very, very like big consumers of specialty coffee. And so that that's where the interest was sparked. And then, I don't know, since 2014, we joked about starting a coffee roasting company because it sounded fun and, um, and we loved coffee. And then by 2018, we really evolved that idea into let's roast our own beans. Like we like the product enough and we have the resources to pull this off. Uh, we have a distro company, like we can get it to stores. We have an e-commerce platform. Um, you know, once we had all the tools in place to make it happen, we figured let's start really small like we did with brewing and get this off the ground. So uh, 2018, the idea was cemented. And then 2019, we actually started roasting and sending, you know, beans around uh, to stores and also selling it out of our tap rooms and our website. 
So you have quite an interesting background in travel and kind of just in general, just a pretty cool background. Has any of that been part of why you liked coffee? Has it sparked any interest? Did you get to visit any like actual coffee farms like in your in your background? I did. Yeah, I got to visit. Um, I went I went to at least two coffee farms in Colombia. Um, and I didn't, I mean, honest, I'll be honest, like I was not like a huge like coffee geek back when I traveled and I think that was 2009. Um, so I, I didn't know much about like the coffee world, but the exposure to coffee farms and like, like literally picking the coffee cherries and like watching how they just made everything from like seed to bean. Um, I got to watch them roll the stuff out on the floors. We talked about it drying. Uh, and then the guy just like made us a, a cup of coffee with like the freshest beans you'd ever imagine right in front of us. Um, and of course I thought it was the best coffee I've ever had in the world. Uh, because like you're literally sitting in like the rainforest drinking coffee that was made right there. So um, I didn't know that much about what was happening, but the interest was totally sparked there. Now with that uh, sort of background, being able to see those Colombian beans, do you tend to gravitate yourself towards more of the Colombian South American style bean or more of the traditional Ethiopian African style? I think, I think my, my palate slightly evolves over time and it just continues to kind of change, but I, I will always love Colombian coffee. I think it, um, I think it's just so approachable and like, I forget I think our roaster Rob has told me like, it's like often it's just like, it's a great coffee coffee. Like it is what you expect it is a lot of the time. Um, and you can just satisfy a lot of different palate interests with Colombian coffee. So I will always love Colombian coffee, but I've definitely gotten more into like the fruity, juicy, um, you know, light roast stuff that, uh, you know, I think sometimes can alienate people and sometimes is like a huge passion for people. Uh, but lately I have been drinking more and more of that. And when it comes to actually sourcing the beans for roasting, where do you tend to get them from? Is it basically, do you come up with a roast and you, I want to make a coffee with this flavor profile and then seek out the beans or is it the opposite? You find the beans and you're like, wow, we need to make a coffee from this. Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's interesting. We, we try and do both. So um, our flagship blends, Everett, Chelsea, Lovejoy, and then some of our seasonals as well uh, are, are typically we're looking for a flavor profile um, and we're really like blending to the best flavor possible. So th those are blends, but I, I would love to call out the fact that like, I don't know, unlike some blends you see out there, there's no like filler beans. Like everything is like, you know, single origin quality. Like we're, we're buying to get the best beans possible and then blending to that flavor combo that makes a lot of sense. Um, so those are really like targeted, like summery flavors versus fall flavors, maybe a little more spice. Um, that's what we do with the blends. But then we do a lot of like limited release or specialty one-off stuff. That's just like, we found a cool bean and we wanted to roast it up and feature it. And like that, that was, that's just like, we can't say no to this. And like, we know we're gonna get a limited number of bags and we'll just, we'll send it out and it'll disappear quick. And the fall's coming. We know you're going to do it. When are you guys going to release a pumpkin coffee for everybody? Oh, man. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know if this year is pump. It might be next year. I know we have, um, I'll give you a sneak preview on the name. Uh, Sweater Weather is the name of our fall coffee. And I can tell you actually when it's going to release. If I just pull it up here. Um, 
And for our listeners, you release a copy every season, right? So you have a seasonal rotation? Correct. Yeah. So we have, um, we have our flagship blends and then every season, you know, all four seasons, we release like a summer, summer blend, which right now is juice pop sweater weather will hit in the fall. Um, right now it's, uh, and everything nice, uh, which is sugary and spicy and everything nice, uh, is going to hit in the winter. And then this spring was a uh, drop line, uh, our spring blend. Nice. If you had to choose for the rest of your life, hot coffee or iced coffee, what are you picking? Oh man, I'm like the wrong person to ask because I'm probably 50, 50. I, I would probably go, uh, I would go hot coffee. I, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll give the purest answer there. Um, but I do love cold coffee, especially right now. So uh, <laughs> I'm a sucker for, for cold brew. Uh, but hot coffee to me has, is a more timeless drink. With that said, so do you ever plan on with Night Shift? Obviously, you guys have the resources to do canning and all of that, and you have a great production. Do you ever plan on doing the canned cold brew? We're looking into like it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're definitely assessing that. Um, we, we actually ended up taking on some cold brew partners uh, through our distribution uh, company, and that allowed us to learn a lot about sort of the challenges of st shelf stability and market competition and I think we, our takeaway there was like, okay, we are not ready to put a brand out there just yet. That's our own, but uh, we'd love to get there. So it's, it's a work in progress. So you have your flagship location. Um, you have the Everett Coffee, and then you also have a Chelsea and a Lovejoy. What is the significance of the three areas, I should say, that you chose? Do you yeah. plan to expand on that or are those picked for a reason? Yeah, those are actually our three physical footprints that we have. So um, Everett is our, our flagship uh, brewery and taproom. And then uh, Lovejoy is our more recent uh, brewery, taproom, restaurant in Boston uh, on Lovejoy Wharf. And then our distribution company and our offices are located in Chelsea. So we just pulled from, you know, the sort of landmark uh, locations or cities that we have. And uh I think for now we're pretty good with three flagships. I feel like that's like very understandable for a consumer. Like if you start adding too much to like your, your like primary lineup, I almost think it gets confusing, but you know, ask me in a year, we might have six. I don't know. <laughs> Things evolve quickly. Do you plan kind of on having any uh, sort of specific cafes for the coffee popping up? I Ask me that when like the pandemic disappeared. I don't know. <laughs> like, we, we definitely were looking more strongly at that uh, over the last year. And then, you know, once COVID-19 sort of became a real thing, I, everything got put on pause. So anything where it's customer facing is just TBD. Um, however, we opened this week. I, I can ask this, right? When, when does this podcast go live? It, it's not. What is, it? is it next Monday, Bianca? I can, yeah. I can check. <laughs> Anyway, it's, that's, that's fine. It. it doesn't matter. Um, I just wanted to make sure. Well, we haven't announced it even publicly yet, but by Monday it will be. Yes, Monday. We, we literally <laughs> this week opened a coffee cart on the Greenway um, in Boston. So uh, we have a partnership with Boston Harbor Islands um, who, you know, run like basically tours out to the awesome islands around Boston. Um, they have a welcome center that is right like off Faneuil Hall when you're in Boston. Um, and there's a there's basically a spot there that is like asking for someone to serve coffee and we have a cart there 
today serving coffee to people. We're going to announce it tomorrow. Uh, staff is just doing training today, but that will be there. I think Wednesday through Sunday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. every day until I think October. And then hopefully next year, uh, next spring, it'll be back. That's awesome. We'll have to pay it a visit, or at least I nice. will. So oh, the seasonal rotations awesome. that you have. Um, so say you mentioned that you really like the juice pop and say next summer, would you release the same coffee or would you use that same blend if it is something that you do really like as a team? Uh, um, just so I'm understanding you correctly, like would you release the same exact skew or go for something different? Is that the question? So if you really like that coffee, like the beans yeah. and the way it's brewed and everything, would you use the same coffee or would you like go back and do something totally different? Understood. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, th the thing that we're learning or that we've learned really quickly is that, you know, coffee is so seasonally dependent and um, it is so seasonal that like we would want to taste those, you know, the beans from those farms again, but like um, we may or may not want to stick with them based on you know what we're what we're tasting that time around i mean we tend to work with awesome farmers that produce great beans so like i would trust them but at the same time if you know for whatever reason it doesn't taste up to spec or taste different we would change it um i think you know getting too set in your ways about like well this is what worked in the past and this is what will work in the future is almost a dangerous concept um but i mean I, ideally we're working with farmers and establishing relationships that do last beyond a single season uh, because that just sets them up for longer success. We'd, we'd love to start locking in more contracts with them uh, because I think it allows them to plan. We, you know, There's so much discussion around allowing them to plan their businesses out more than one season because it's so hard to run a farm if you don't know what next year looks like. Yeah, you're kind of at the mercy of agriculture there and what you get out of the beans and what they yield. So. Totally. Uh, when it comes to roasting the beans and blending the beans, who's in charge of that and who's really putting together the blends and roasting the beans at night shift? Yeah, um, we, uh, so we, we, had, um, we hired Rob Rodriguez, who is our uh, lead roaster right now. Um, and he's been running point on that uh, as, our, as our roaster since the beginning. Um, and then working directly with him is Rory Burns, uh, who I mentioned earlier. And so she's running the overall coffee program. She's Speaking um, of Rory, managing she's everything. Right here now. I think she's joining. Yeah. Yep. Just admit her. Speaking of Rory, it's like Hi. she heard. Hello. <laughs> I'll let her. Oh, there she is. There she is. See me? Hi. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good. It, it was so funny. They were like, so tell us about like the coffee program. And like, I was like saying your name and he was like, Whoa, speaking of Rory, someone's coming up. Um, so just to finish that answer, you know, Rory runs the overall coffee program. Uh, Rob is our roaster right now. He's actually um, looking to switch things up and I think he's eventually headed out of state. So we are going to be losing him sadly. Uh, but we're working to find our replacement roaster uh, right now. And I think we have some good candidates lined up. So uh, we're confident the quality and consistency won't change, but you know, obviously we've, we've had a great uh, run with Rob so far. Awesome. So now that we've gotten Rory to join us, Rory, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background in coffee and how you got started? Yeah. So, um, hi, I'm Rory. I'm the general manager here for the coffee program. 
my background in coffee started when we started this program. Uh, otherwise, it was just drinking <laughs> coffee and uh, <laughs> moving up the chain like uh, what we hope our customers do as well. And um, kind of starting more from what you what you grew up with and expect coffee to be like as a kid to maybe what you experienced uh, like early career diner macro coffee to then what finding this niche in in craft coffee has been like um, so my ox is I don't know kind of like a brother to me at this point um, it's it's my my brother and uh, my husband are two of the co-founders along with ox um, I go by ox by the way uh, oh, my last name's ox too. <laughs> I don't introduce myself as ox so I always have to like set that context. Uh, and I think I, I really came in to help figure out how we, how we grow different areas of night shift um, and coffee. I think, I think it was like, it was an afternoon and Ox, you came downstairs from your office and we were going to open this cafe in Boston. And you were like, I think we're going to figure out how to roast it ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Can you, figure out, can you figure out like what, what to do and like two months later we had ordered this roaster that was coming to um from a german manufacturer and we had no one to that knew how to roast the coffee and i think it was then my husband's like you can figure it out right and i'm like i can't even reheat pizza without burning it so <laughs> yeah and just just to be clear too that that uh that first cafe is the lovejoy location so that restaurant has a cafe attached to it uh which is not operational right now uh but Obviously, uh, when things resume to a little bit more normalcy, yeah. it should External be. External circumstances on that one. Uh, yeah. Rory, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Michael and see if you have the same answer or a different one. You had to choose the rest of your life, hot coffee or iced coffee? I would pick hot coffee. Hot? Yeah. That's the same answer. Hot. Same answer, yeah. I mean, even on a like hot day, I used to like be a lifeguard on the beach in the morning and I just like love that hot coffee like yeah I could be in Florida drinking hot coffee I guess <laughs> I'm the same way <laughs> which I'm is the like, only one that would go ice here then <laughs> <laughs> that's not a like I don't know in this area New England thing it's always ice like our ice is a big thing, deal they come in it's like a blizzard and it's like I got my iced coffee it's I don't know what it is <laughs> yeah yeah so Michael, you were also telling us but before we were getting started that you guys started your own podcast here with Night Shift. You want to tell yeah. us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, we, we have a podcast called Night Owls. Uh, we are over well, three public episodes in and we just recorded our fourth episode uh, yesterday that's not uh, shared yet or public. Um, but the whole idea there is just like conversations with other people who are either running businesses or involved in businesses and roles that, you know, we think our audience would find interesting. Uh, you know, what kind of challenges are you experiencing? Um, how'd you get started? You know, what, what kind of things do you see in your day-to-day -day role that either keep, you know, keep things fresh or that you have to rethink every year? Um, I mean, yesterday we had an awesome interview uh, with the two women who run uh, Rhode Island Spirits. Uh, their brand is called Rhodium. Uh, but they're like no non-GMO, all vegan, all organic, uh, crazy good liquid. They opened in 2018 or 19, I think 19, 
into the government shutdown and then they celebrated their one year anniversary into the pandemic. So like nonstop challenges for them. Uh, but their product is amazing. Their story is really cool. Um, and it was, it was like a total delight interviewing them. Awesome. Yeah. Some night owls. The listeners will have to check that one out too. We will put the link in the description as well so that they can listen. (laughs) We, we switched from video to audio only, uh, yesterday, yesterday was our first audio only one. Um, video was, we did three in video and editing was just an absolute nightmare. Um, such a time suck. So yeah. And Nick and I have learned pretty quickly that a lot of people in the food and beverage industry are very supportive of one another, which is definitely something that is admirable. And it's part of the reason, you know, we are here sharing and, and love to hear from everybody because everyone's so unique in their own way. Um, and there is a lot of competition, but it's great to see people be able to kind of work together. Do you guys have any, or have you previously worked on any like strategic partnerships with other Boston-based companies that um, you've been excited about or, you know, that are specifically fond of for you? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure we've done a lot. Um, I mean, yes. I mean, Boston-based businesses. Um, Roy, are you thinking of any? I'm, I'm blanking, but I'm, I, I will think of some. Yeah. Well, in, in the brewery, we, we've always been doing collabs. I feel like from the very beginning, it's this like, culture that's embedded in the craft beer world on the coffee side it's really there's a handful of roasters that that just started doing that and and we started doing that earlier this year um our first collab was with a coffee company that's not boston based and it's experiences like that where you're picking a coffee together and you're figuring out how to roast it together it naturally lends itself to just sharing a ton about the process within that business that you could, you know, similarly adopt and make a great change in your program, or you can be giving um, insight into how you do something that helps the other side. So that, that spirit, I think is, is probably like my favorite thing that we do. Um, on the like coffee retail side, we actually were just, just this week opened, um, I guess our, I told them. Yeah, on Friday. Yeah, where we're working with the the Boston Harbor Islands. And that just lends itself to learning more about what they do in the city and working with DCR and um, just learning a little bit more about this like cycle of how um, our green spaces and our islands are kept and enjoyed and how to get people excited about it. So being this like beverage component of that has been really fun. Yeah. I'll add a few more that I, I just thought of while you were talking. Um, we, you know, one recent example is we featured inner city weightlifting at our tap room and they hosted an event, um, you know, like really cool organization. And they were just looking for a spot to do some outdoor training uh, and classes. And so we were able to, you know, sell tickets online, people ordered and outdoor weightlifting class at the tap room. Uh, and then like other producers we've worked with like Taza chocolate in the past uh, we feature, mem tea imports out of cambridge in our hard tea uh that we're producing now uh called tea party uh, and we've worked with them as well in the past uh, and then I, we work with a lot of like nonprofits as well i mean the greater boston food bank we're pretty regularly like working with or sending money to uh, to just support those guys and um maybe the last thing i'll mention is we we're doing 
two collabs uh, this summer, I guess, with um, two black owned breweries to just try and like drive a little bit more awareness to those brands and um, support that cause. But uh, 67 degrees brewing out of Franklin Mass and Crew Brew out of ooh, somewhere on the South Shore, but now I'm blanking on where I think it's Rain and Mass uh, are two that we're collabing with. And uh, just, you know, trying to support those guys. They're, they're both pretty new uh, and it's just awesome to work with them and have them in our, in our brewery and do something together. Speaking of nonprofits and giving back, one of the copies that I have is the Nevertheless um, Single Origin. So I saw on social and, and just talking to them, your team had great things to say about, about that copy in particular, but you were giving a dollar of every bag of that sold um, to She's the First, which is a nonprofit that empowers young women through education. Um, can you kind of give us some insight as to what that specific coffee is, like what that's all about, you know, who it's, who it's kind of focused on, and is that something that you're going to be expanding upon too? Yeah, so I think leading up every year um, to, you know, March, there's naturally a lot of focus on uh, what brands can do for women. And it was, it was probably like even the end of last year where um, we were just planning out 2020 <laughs> in how we thought it was going to unfold. And we, we really wanted to create a SKU that uh, had a path to market for women producers, not super prevalent in the coffee world at all. Um, and, you know, naturally thinking where it would fit in the calendar year. And, and I was just like, you know, what about this SKU that really exists year round and um, highlights and rotates like different producers over the course of the year. And that's kind of how it evolved. We, we launched with um, a portion giving back to She's the First, which was also really fun because we just got to learn a lot about what they do. Um, and that team was really, really into it and, and really excited about just, you know, learning even on the coffee side, what we were trying to do with that SKU. Um, so that's that's been a fun one and it's it's going to rotate about you know every quarter or um you know maybe three times a year at this point to different women producers and what so that one right now is on ada battle so yeah. can you tell us who she is and also what are the primary tasting notes in that coffee in that coffee yeah um, so she is a El Salvadorian producer that um, was part of this like first essentially like a, a program that scores or rates coffee uh, like a like a competition at the producer level um, so did and did really well in that competition and, and won a lot of um, credibility and um, access to the market but then also started to kind of give back to the local community and, and use some of that access towards uh, understanding a little bit more about processing and uh, works with different farmers in that region to improve conditions at the farm level. Um, so while there's uh, a lot of touch on specific coffees that she's working with, there's also a wide reach in the community that she's been a part of. So we, we do, we actually have, um, we put one of her coffees in uh, our Father's Day release stay at home dad as well, which I thought was ironic and fun. <laughs> um, so, and it's, it's about finding these producers that are great and then 
growing with them and, and rebuying um, from them as well. But that coffee that we have right now in Nevertheless is um, this like brown sugary, uh, I mean, on, internally we use this like description of like panela um, with it, which is more of this like sugar from the region that has is closely linked to this like brown sugar flavor um, that has a nice sweetness, but then it also has like a little punch of like lime flavor and um, some nice bright acidity to it. So it's, it's really enjoyable coffee. And on the, uh, the stay at home dad one, we actually hooked up our parents with a coffee machine and grinder and some beans this year around Father's Day. And uh, we definitely gave him the stay at home dad. So that was a lot of fun. That was a good release. We did. <laughs> that was fun. So one of the other coffees that I drink quite often, um, I drink a lot of coffee, but the Darkling is one of my favorites. Um, I think it has such a great flavor. And that's an espresso coffee blend. Is that your only espresso coffee blend? And can you explain quickly what the difference between an es what an espresso and then a regular drip coffee is? Sure. Um, I mean, simply put, espresso just uses high pressure to make coffee. Um, compared to drip, which is that, you know, pour over method of that hot water on top of the coffee bed. Tons of different ways that you can do that, you know, drip version from Mr. Coffee to um, some geekier setups uh, for sure. But the espresso blend really came out of this, like what we wanted our experience to be at the Lovejoy coffee bar. And uh, initially we had this idea of, um, helping customers understand that co different coffees taste like different things. And our board was designed to kind of like pick your coffee that you want in your espresso drink. Um, and that lended to really fruity espresso experiences or more of this like chocolatey rich espresso experience, but it was a great testing ground to really learn customers like in our espresso. And it, there's, there's just something about this chocolatey, nutty flavor that worked to create a blend that was just this perfect pairing for milk and um, to come out on espresso. So uh, it's developed a little bit longer um, than a typical other coffees that you may see in our offerings, um, which is just seen as like darker to the average customer. Uh, but the the way that it was designed and the coffees that are in that blend um, is mainly meant to be great on espresso, great with milk, going to be a great dark drip coffee on its own as well, which was a, a little bit of a, a trickier balance to get, but we're pretty excited about that one as well. I'm glad you're liking it. And to get into the flagship blend, so I know I've been able to try the Lovejoy, and we were talking earlier about how that is kind of my go-to uh, flavor profile that I look for. Uh, can you take us through your three different, you know, flagships and tell us some of the tasting notes on those? Sure. Yeah. So if you take this, this like flavor wheel of like any food experience, uh, you, what we did was kind of carve it up into three major sections. So this like chocolatey cacao section, uh, this fruity section of the flavor wheel, and then this more delicate like floral section of the flavor wheel. And we wanted our flagship series to touch on a little bit of each of each of those areas on the flavor wheel um, to be to, to really lend itself towards this drinking experience that we want customers to 
to be able to have similar to how we have different styles of beers on the craft beer side as well. So what we look for in each of those blends is, is really to stay true to that area of the flavor wheel that they fit in. So our, our Everett coffee blend is our lightest roasted coffee blend, uh, which naturally fits really well with fruity coffees. Um, and we're looking at different areas to, of the different regions to really fit that coffee blend or different fermentation processing styles to really fit that blend. Uh, our Chelsea blend is, is super popular. It's our medium roast. It, it hits on this floral area of the flavor wheel, um, which has been a nice, like interestingly really approachable for people to experience that delicate component in coffee. And then our Lovejoy blend is our, you know, more chocolatey, nutty, bright cherry sort of uh, touches on those flavor notes for that blend. So all same price point. And the idea is, is designed where um, a customer can have that experience because they, they, it tends to lean a little bit more on just the chocolatey, nutty side for an entry level coffee at some roasters. Um, so we kind of designed it with that thought in mind. And we've already touched quite a bit on the juice pop with the, uh, it's a bit more of the summery coffee that you guys have. Uh, but another one that we have that I haven't been able to actually brew up and try yet that I'm excited for is a Supernatural. Can you tell me a little bit about that one? Yeah, that's probably Ox's favorite, I feel like. It's my or, favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, Supernatural is just like our nod to these natural coffees. And I think I even starting this program, I... I knew, I knew that I had experienced some like fruitier coffees and just more funkier, exciting flavors in coffee, but I didn't really know why, why I was having that flavor experience. And like, as we developed the program a little bit more, uh, we kind of fell in love with naturally processed coffees where they're processed with, you know, everything on the bean, that whole like fruit or cherry of the coffee that's on the bean, it's fermented with that on. Uh, and really lends to some fruitier, funkier flavors. So Supernatural is going to be, you know, this rotating single that is is always including some sort of natural coffee in it. Cool. And lastly, I saw that you had a new coffee just come out about a week ago. The for, well, your marketing's great, and I love it, and it's always entertaining to me. So I've I've loved your packaging and just following your page for so long, but um. The Honey Honey just came out. So can you tell us a little bit about that and what people can expect? Yeah, so actually it's a great follow-up from Supernatural because Supernatural focuses on like the process that coffee goes under to give it that flavor. Honey Honey, same same thing. It's, um, it's just a different way that the coffee is processed. And it's this honey process where it's almost like somewhere in between a natural coffee and a more traditional or... I guess more um, more widely widely experienced washed coffee, uh, where part of that like sticky layer of the fruit is on the bean when it is fermented, and um, it's it's different it's different than natural it's different than washed, and we find that it has this like fruitier element towards it, but can potentially be a little bit more approachable to someone who hasn't not had a, a variety of uh, coffees that are fermented in different ways. And by bringing in a skew like Honey Honey or Supernatural, it is this, this nod to the fact that coffee is a fermented product, just like beer and uh, wine. And the, 
things that we're really excited about. Um, we hopefully, I don't think we have plans to go down the line of uh, pickling or <laughs> Oh, you never know. In, uh, fermented foods, but that's just always been like an, an internal joke is that we're just that's like a joke. <laughs> so it's, it's our way to, you know, honey, honey, I'm glad you like the label and the, the whole idea is like, let's, let's make some of these interesting pieces about coffee approachable and accessible and get people excited about them. And I always love the style of your regular beer cans too, with the big owl in the front there. And just, you always have great can art. And when we have you guys on to highlight just the beer, we'll go a lot deeper into that because that's a big point of interest for us. So outside of your tap rooms, where can people get their hands on the coffees? Yeah, we, um, we work with a, a few different independent shops in and around the Boston area. Um, pretty much everywhere our trucks stop, we actually deliver everything on our own trucks through Night Shift Distributing, uh, which is, I don't know if you touched on this, Ox. Um, I had it, yeah. Um, our kind of distribution arm of the business, so really great to kind of control the freshness of the coffee there. But then we also uh, work with, we have a great relationship with Whole Foods Market, and we uh, are in about 10 different locations in the greater Boston area. Uh, and in the city. And then we also sell out of tap rooms and then direct online as well. So when you buy a coffee online, um, it basically goes into whatever that next production cycle is and it's roasted fresh to order. So we're roasting Monday through Thursday. Um, so you're, you're going to get super, super fresh coffee when you order online. That's and where awesome. can, yeah, it is. <laughs> and where can our followers find you on social media? Uh, yep, we're we're on social media. Uh, Night Shift Coffee is uh, where you can find us. At, we're always linking to the coffee handle um, from our Night Shift Brewing account as well. On Instagram. On Instagram. Mm -hmm. That's where I direct everyone. I mean, we also have a little Facebook page, but I, I would suggest strongly that people go to Instagram at Night Shift Coffee. Uh, that's all we're losing you a bit there, Michael. Well, I think that's it. What's that? Oh, you're breaking up a little bit there on the end. Oh, that's really? The oh. That's where all the greatest, the latest and greatest love. <laughs> all right, there we go. <laughs> so we had a great time, Doggy. Thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Uh, we're looking forward to trying out some of your new coffees and definitely continue to drink the beers i got a ton of them in my fridge right now just waiting nice. um but yeah we had an awesome time thank you so much cheers thank you cheers, cheers. thank you for having us on be sure to follow us on social at uncorked corner and on the blog at uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content and if you enjoyed the show don't forget to leave a comment subscribe rate and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer thanks for listening thanks.